Hello, 49ers Empire. This is Coach Tim, and you've reached the Coach's Viewpoint podcast. This is the first podcast that will be going out a little late. Um, Fortunately, uh, technical difficulties prevented me from getting this out sooner. Um, There were some other games that I wanted to have uh, podcasts ready for, but uh, didn't get it ready. My bad. Um, Still learning some of this techie stuff. Anyway, what you're going to get here um, from this podcast is a kind of a surface analysis of uh, what went right and wrong in the the week uh, prior game or Sunday's prior game depending on what day we play on and uh, this particular week it's going to be the game against the Indianapolis Colts so we're going to be kind of rehashing that a little bit Um, and the purpose of this podcast is to break that down from a coach's viewpoint and tell you um, certain things that you might not be thinking of as a fan, uh, being that I've been around the game for, well, 49 years now. Uh, I've coached myself um, 10 years in semi-pro minor league football, um, also um, some, done some high school consulting, uh, assistant coaching, also, uh, and all of this is in the California, the uh, North, uh, Northern California uh, Bay Area and uh, Central Valley. Uh, have won two championships and taking five different teams to the playoffs who had not been there before. Um, so it turned around uh, those teams um, to help them be more competitive. Also... Uh, I've done coaching as a quarterback coach, linebacker coach, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. Um, I've done uh, head coach and general manager and also uh, consultant um, with uh, marketing when I was in the Central Valley with the Oakland Raiders um, marketing department. And uh, basically, we were doing a joint venture on promoting both our teams. The team I coached at the time was the Central Valley uh, or Modesto Raiders. And, of course, they're the NFL Oakland Raiders at that time. This is back in the mid-2000s. And um, I've worked in quarterback camps. I've been at uh, Jeff Garcia's quarterback camp more as an observer, but uh, him and I, I know him personally, though. Um and uh, get a lot of interchange with him on different ideas and things. Um, Before that, I actually worked a couple of volunteer gigs with uh, former coach uh, Roger Theater. May he rest in peace. Um, Roger Theater, of course, was a Cal football coach and San Jose State uh, offensive coordinator. And he had a quarterback camp he was running through at uh, Orinda High School up in Orinda. And I was there a few times, uh, two years in a row, helping him. Uh, and I brought some quarterbacks from my semi-pro leagues uh, to the camps as well. So uh, I learned a lot from him then. And uh, he is a West Coast offense, offense proponent of the timing passing game and uh 
footwork fundamentals and so forth for quarterbacking. Um, same things I learned growing up, uh, basically learning under Bill Walsh. Um, I chose him as a mentor back in the 70s when he was with Cincinnati. Uh, I was in Indiana at the time in uh, middle school. And um, that's when I really started to get into football as a uh, strategist, um, doing analysis and so forth. Uh, I have come from a family of coaches. I mean, I have uh, relatives uh, who were college coaches throughout and high school throughout uh, Indiana, where I was born and grew up until about the age of 16. And basically, a lot of, a lot of exposure to football. Um, so I know some of you that have met me in the chats, um, you know that uh, I have uh, pretty definitive takes on things. Um, that's based on my background and my experience and also my observations. Um, I consider myself, and I've been complimented this by coaches such as Steve Mariucci and uh, Fitzhill, who used to be a San Jose State head coach, uh, that I have a pretty high football IQ and um, would make a good coach if I got into it uh, in organized uh, fashion. And, of course, at the time I was just starting out in semi-pro but I also started to consult with uh, some uh, local high schools as well. And I did some recruiting and uh, talent evaluation for a couple of junior colleges in the uh, San Mateo and uh, Woodside areas. So I've been around the game for a while. I've done a lot of coaching. Um, I don't. I wanted to set this podcast a little bit apart from the different ones because nobody really there are there are video podcasts that use the film and get into the game, but I want to get behind it just a little bit. Um, that's great stuff, and I and I subscribe to that, and I recommend you do too if you want to learn more about the game and what really happens when you see a game, um, such as this past week we had the 49ers uh, playing the Colts, and you know people go into these chats and they sound off about players and coaches and. Um, they kind of give their opinions, but they really don't back it up with anything. It's more or less just conjecture or how they happen to be feeling at the time, which most of us as fans, obviously, we're going to feel sad or upset because our team lost, and for what we surmise should not be good reason. So this can make your judgment a little bit awkward. Um, and a lot of times you can become negative and start hating on the team, hating on players, despising people that uh, think differently than you, um, which is a problem, obviously, in a, a lot of areas in life. But in football in general, I want to take it uh, more specifically and try to calm people down a little bit, give them a, some reasons for what's going on. Some of it will be... Uh, some assumptions on my part when it comes to the coaches, how they think. Um, I can put myself in their shoes simply because I've, I've done it. but And I've done it at an adult level, so uh, it's much different than coaching kids and peewee and so forth. Um, the game is much more detailed and uh, closer to, really what I did was closer to what they do in college, uh, college football level with some professional um, crossover on a few things. Uh, but my 
coaching experience. Basically, the job at hand was to make it simplified as much as I could, but yet still be strategic or strategically effective enough to game plan and um, make a revisions in the game plan during a game. Uh, that's pretty hard to do at the lower levels of coaching. Um, you can change individual plays sometimes and um, go into it with you know, a real simplified game plan. My uh, coaching career, uh, like I said, I, I follow Bill Walsh. I used to attend 49er practices at Red Martin Park in Redwood City when they were down there in the 80s. And uh, I heard and saw a lot and learned from that. And when you hear Bill Walsh instructing players and coaches on how to do things, it sticks with you. I also attended some clinics locally in the Bay Area, coaching clinics, got to hear from several coaches, uh, one of which was Mike Shanahan, another was his O-line coach, Alex Gibbs, or I'm sorry, yeah, Alex Gibbs, sorry, I was going to mix him up with Joe. Alex Gibbs, the O-line coach, he taught the zone scheme, of course, and uh, I implemented that in my second year with my championships teams. Uh, we won two years in a row, the second one was a national championship. We went undefeated that year and implemented that zone run scheme there. And the other coaches, of course, Bill Walsh would, would give clinic speeches, uh, caught one of his at Stanford, but I didn't get to hear it in the room. It was so packed. I had to sit in the auditorium outside. So we got it over the loudspeaker, but I <laughs> didn't get a chance to actually watch him giving the, the talk. That was kind of a bummer, but that's the, that's the story of my life and Bill Walsh. We just never did connect to where we could actually shake hands. And uh, I did buy his book, Finding the Winning Edge. I use that as a textbook. I always have used that to um, fall back on when I need information about the organization and organizing of the game and the team and organization aspects of it. Um, he's very thorough in that. And he's even got some play um, diagrams in there, what he ran and why. Um, what I got from that is terminology mostly and strategy, of course. But I also got his other books. And um, I also had uh, the chance, like I said, to, to attend lectures. And uh, I got firsthand notes on quarterback, uh, teaching the quarterback timing and the rhythm offense in the West Coast. And I refer to it as a Midwest offense sim simply because that's what Bill Walsh said it should be, the Midwest, because it came from Cincinnati Bengals when he coached there. That's where he developed it. So um, I kind of stick by that axiom. And what I try to do is help people understand the game uh, just a little bit more detailed way instead of just from an emotional sense. Because fan, as fans, you know, we have, we're emotionally with the team, and when the team doesn't do well, we get hurt about it, depressed, whatever. We get down on them. Sometimes we say things we really don't mean. But the bottom line is negativity comes out and then statements are made. But there's really no sound reason for um, or sound reason to back it up. It's basically just based on emotion, which is not a way to conduct anything when you're talking football. So I wanted to get a podcast where I would get down into that stuff, kind of give you uh, what I think are insights on the coaches, the way they think, 
uh, players and uh, strategy of the game and different ways they can make improvements without overacting, uh, overreacting, um, which a lot of fans do, including myself, I've done before. Um, so taking that step back and, and bringing fans a little bit closer look at the inside of the game and how to how to look at the game a little bit differently. And again, I, I strongly urge you to look at the All-22 film. Um, the one that I used this week uh, to look, break down the Colts game was Johnny, De- Johnny Dell's Football Academy um, on that game. Uh, he had a quick breakdown of it, uh, most of the essential things that happened. And I think you can learn a lot from that. So take advantage of that. If you can subscribe to it from the NFL website, do that. Um, it's really worth it. Um, there's some good podcasts that I follow who do that as a routine. Uh, of course, uh, John Chapman does it with his um, 49ers uh, cutback is one of the ones I follow closely. Um, those guys do, they're very positive, um, and they are both former coaches, so they understand the game. So they're a good resource. Catch their podcast. Um, I think they're on twice a day or a couple times a week, twice a day, and then once a day otherwise on YouTube. Uh, Johnny Dells is on YouTube as well. John Chapman's on YouTube and some other platforms. Um, I don't subscribe to pay platforms um, for my own reasons. I don't offer expense uh, where you have to pay for it. Um, when this gets onto YouTube, I'll have uh, um, probably have YouTube's algorithm hopefully going or whatever, but I'm not going to do anything in addition to charge people or anything. I don't feel that's necessary. My goal is to help people understand the game, strategy, and to help deal with adversity and, uh, of course, losses when they come up because they're going to happen. So, and then look forward ahead to the game coming up and how we can best uh, formulate a strategy to win that game. So I'll be talking about that and a little bit about my background, as you uh, heard. Um... I may draw on some experiences I've had uh, from my coaching time, 10 years, and uh, hopefully that's enough to uh, give you some value and uh, information going forward. And I hope to have some uh, chat capabilities as soon as I can. Right now I don't have them, but you can always you'll see my email when it's posted on the, uh, I think it's going to be on SoundCloud under Coach's Viewpoint. And uh, my email address will be there, so you're welcome to send me a message on email or YouTube through that email address. Um, My uh, YouTube uh, YouTube ID is Coach's Viewpoint as well, so it's pretty simple to find me there. So feel free to leave a message uh, with your take if you disagree or agree and uh, most people I will find and I found through the chats uh, don't have uh, as an extensive understanding of the game as I do but many of them are very you know avid fans and they really want to understand the game and this is my way to kind of get back to fans and say okay here's here's how we can better understand it get a coach's kind of mentality about it, see how they go through game planning and 
all of that, uh, what to look at in defenses and um, different schemes and how to defend and attack those. So that's what it's about. That's where we're at. Let's go to the Colts right now. Obviously, uh, take a look at Johnny Dell's Football Academy on the Colts uh, 49ers game from this past Sunday night. There were a lot of things that happened in that game. Uh, it looked worse than it really was, but it was pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, honestly speaking, uh, our secondary was terrible. Um, I don't quite understand why we got two veterans in there and neither one of them could play the ball correctly. Um, that's coaching um, and preparation. So I think they were not properly prepared. That probably goes back to the defensive back coach. Um, but again, I'm making a judgment based on experience, not on actually knowing for sure what was said or done. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, but it hurt. It hurt the team. It hurt our it hurt our team, and it hurt our game, uh, our chances of winning, of course. And anytime you do things incorrectly, that's what happens. You're gonna you're gonna have more of a chance of losing the game. And the penalties were atrocious. We got five, I think it was five penalties for seven total, but it was five, and it was like over 150 yards, I think, in the game penalized against us. So. Uh, I think we're now leading the league in penalties as a defense uh, and, or as a team. So that's bad. Uh, usually penalties have something to do with uh, a lack of discipline on the part of the players. Um, I think of it more as this thing the thing we have going on with what they call quiet leadership. Um, I don't prescribe to that personally. Uh, in my teams, I've always had vocal leaders on both sides of the ball. And uh, I made sure that those guys were the captains and that they were the ones that were grabbing people's face masks when they needed to and saying, you know, wake up, get your head out of your butt, and let's go. And, you know, if you've got to do that to, to teammates, you got to do it. Sometimes they need it. It's a wake-up call, okay? Um, with the quarterback, I think the, the head coach should handle that. Um, he needs to grab the, the quarterback and say, look, you know, let's look at this play. We got these uh, tablet uh, shots of the plays. You know, you're looking at the formation. You're looking at the movement of the defense while you're snapping the ball. Where are your eyes? Where's your head? And where are you going with the ball? Are you looking through the progression? You know, are you looking at the reads that the defense is giving you? Um, that's all important information. And the quarterback has got to be taken through that on the field. So I'm assuming our quarterback coach and assistant uh, Skaggs is doing that. Um, McDaniel's got a, a role in that, I think, as well. But Skaggs is the guy on the field, so he's the guy that's got to be doing that with the tablets. And I'm sure he is. But when you throw a pick or you you – unsuccessful in the third down and you have to go and go off the field and kick a, kick the ball away. Now you're sitting on the bench, you're taking a look at the tablet, but then you're, most of the time you're not looking at the tablet. You're not thinking about, okay, what could I have done different here? Could have done this, could have done that. There is some interchange with the, the quarterback coach, of course, and there is conversation about that. I can read their lips. 
Uh, but at the same time, the cameras don't stay on them long enough, so you don't really don't get a good, thorough look at what's being discussed. So, I would like to see them do more of that. Um, in between plays, in between, uh, not in between plays, but in between series, and uh, of course halftime and in between quarters, when he comes to the sideline. So, uh, we had a good running game going, the, the game plan going in. I, I said before on the, many of the podcasts that I commented on, I said we need to run the ball a lot. We need to run it. It's going to be raining. We knew that ahead of time. It was going to be storming, and we knew that ahead of time. So, run the ball. Play action pass off of that. But you minimize the passing because, again, you're dealing with a quarterback. You don't know how he deals with the, with the you know, wet ball. He did great when he played in Washington back in 2019, even though we got the loss. No, we got the win. I'm sorry, 9 nothing. But we didn't score very much in that game. But we ran the ball well, and the play-action game was working. And I think we needed to stick to that in this game. We started started off fast. We were running the ball well. We went to play-action. We Play action was working. Back to the run. We're doing good. We scored a touchdown. Okay. Opened up the game that way. Perfect. That's what you want to do. Defense came out. Got a turnover. Now we had a chance to go down and get another score. But we blew it because we threw the ball three times in a row. Why? Uh, This is my take on that. Because a lot of people blame the coach and say, oh, he's not prepared or he's not this or not that. And it's none of that. What it is is as a coordinator... You, you go out and you run, let's say you ran, what do you have, a seven or eight play drive or a nine play drive on that first drive. So you've used up half of your scripted plays, okay? Sometimes the defense starts adjusting. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they just move one guy or change a front or do something like that. But they really don't adjust to what you're doing offensively. I think what Kyle does sometimes, and this is just my opinion, but I think he overthinks the situation. Um, he kind of outthinks himself. What he does is he says, okay, uh, I'm expecting the defense to adjust, so therefore I'm going to come out and do this. And that's what's occurring. So fans are getting frustrated. Of course, players, you know, don't execute. Um, and, you know, when the players are on a script, they know what they're running and they execute it usually very well because they've practiced that all week. So they know exactly what to run and how, you know, the timing of it and everything else. When they get into these other plays that are a little further down in the playbook or on the back page, they're not as crisp and sharp on those plays. And then you add the weather element into it, and now you've got another uh, contributor to the football gods uh, messing with your fate, so to speak. So I think that occurs. That's one of the things. And the other thing is, you know, there's a certain rhythm an offense gets in, and they need to keep that rhythm. And the, and the game plan script really helps you keep that rhythm. That's why it was uh, constructed by Bill Walsh in the first place. Bill Walsh started that, and the play script was meant to get the offense in a rhythm Take you know control of the game early, 
run some plays that you had practiced extensively and were good at, and also were prepared against the defense you anticipated seeing. Okay, Now, the adjustments happen when the defense does things that you don't expect. They might stuff a run when it should have been open. Okay, well, if you go back and look at the film, sometimes you see, oh, we missed a block here. Okay, so that happens. Um, but changing the game plan or the going off script, I think, is a problem. And <clears throat> you might have good intentions. You might have the opportunity there, but for some reason or another, it's not being executed properly. And all that does is make your coaches look back, <laughs> look bad. <laughs> but in reality, coaches don't play the game, okay? Some of you know I say this a lot. It's the players that play the game. So if a coach gives you a play, you got to go out and execute it, whether you practiced it extensively or not. So you're professional football players. It's your job to execute the play. And that goes for offense, defense, and special teams. So everybody has that responsibility. You can't shirk from that and blame coaches, okay? And fans can't do that either. You can't just say, oh, it's the coach's fault because of this or that. No, they don't, you know, they don't hike the ball, they don't block, they don't throw the passes, they don't catch the passes, okay? They call the plays. That's, and they prepare them during the week to play the game. They put them in a position to execute those plays, and it's up to the players to do it, to actually do it, okay? So keep that in perspective as you go forward, too. So the Colts game, in a nutshell, we know they, they lost the game, obviously. It was a heavy, bad loss. I mean, we really – I thought if we ran the ball and used the play action, we would win that game. And we had the upper hand. And several times we went down the field and did that. We ran the ball and mixed in the play action pass, and it worked great, just the way I thought it would, just the way I'm sure Kyle thought it would, and the other guys did too. But for some reason, we kept going away from it. And I didn't see the wholesale changes by the defense. So I looked at the film and looked at it again. And I said, eh. a couple times we got an extra guy in the box. But, you know, in the zone scheme, you can run away from those extra guys because they're usually on the edges and sometimes on one side. And you don't even have to block them. I mean, you can just focus on the seven or eight that you got there on the front side of the play. And then, uh, you know, you could still run the plays from your from your script. So I'm not sure what happened there. Um, like I said, I'm not in the coach's microphone or ear. I don't know what he's thinking and what he's doing at the time. But I think it's a mistake, though, to go away from that script too early. So that's my thinking on it. Now, special teams, we could have been more special. Um we always can. I always say that because we never take any chances on special teams. And I, I know that it's raining, you know, the ball's wet or whatever. But Wisnowski, I mean, he's a good punter. He handles the ball well. Um, he used to run fakes in college all the time, and he played Australian rules football, I think it was, maybe rugby. But uh, the guy is used to doing this stuff, man. Let him do a few. I mean, come on. It's a close game early on. Take a chance or two. I saw one team um, on Sunday uh, during the day games. Uh, they ran four fakes. They ran the kick, fake kicks, 
and punts, two each. And I was like, holy cow. <laughs> I mean, these guys are taking chances. They're pulling out. The, they're going to make sure. They're going to do everything they can to win this game. And, man, we should have done that. Special teams has got to be prepared to do that in games. So that element has to be uh, tapped into as well. Uh, we have not had that in a few years here. So the other thing is defensively, of course, the obvious is terrible technique. Our corners were getting beat, and then they were grab, 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 going downfield. And they're, the two guys are veterans. Um, I think the call on uh, Shark, uh, Kwan on his was a, f a bad call. I don't think he actually committed a penalty. He was hand-fighting with the guy. Um, but the other ones, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're going to get called because it was so obvious. They are grabbing the receiver. And as soon as they see that, you know, they're not going to give the 49ers. For some reason, they don't want to. I have my theories on this, but I'll keep them to myself. But because I have looked at film and I've seen other things that lead me to believe this, but I think they do not give us, the 49ers, the benefit of the doubt on these plays. So when in doubt, they're going to throw the flag because they feel, well, you know, the 49ers are not a secondary is not well coached or the guys that we've got there, the veterans have gotten bad raps somewhere else before. So therefore, they feel they got to look for it with those guys. And when you're looking for it, you're going to find it. That's just the nature of the, how it is. So I think that contributes. And then overall, you know, like I said, the uh, opportunities, when you get them, you've got to take advantage. And we did get a couple of turnovers this time, which was good, but uh, we didn't maximize the opportunities on those. So, and we generally don't do that. That's a problem. Okay, the losses that we've had, this has been the same recurring theme. We go away from our play uh, script early, and we get a little too fancy. We're not staying patient with the running game. And when I say stay patient, I mean we need to run the ball 30 to 40 times a game. Okay? Now, that's a lot. But when you've got a quarterback who struggles at times, like Jimmy, and you have a rookie coming off the bench who doesn't know this, the offense yet, You've got to have a good running game to support that. You just have to. So you have to lean on it. And if that means letting your defense play and being more conservative on offense, then do it. Do what does, you know, your team, what helps your team win. Don't take chances when you don't need to. I know Kyle's a bit of a gambler. Sometimes he will take a shot downfield. And there's times in the past when Jimmy has executed on that very well. But right now, at this point, for some reason, he's not. And I think the rain game is probably a, a situation where you don't want to do that because there's so many other things that are going to affect the play that you can't control. You know, the water, the ball. I didn't see a towel being placed on that football when it was on the ground. Did you? I mean, did anybody want to sound off on that? Go ahead. Uh, but I did not see the towel being being placed on the ball to keep it dry. So what's up with that? I mean, this isn't an NFL-officiated game. They should be protecting the ball as much as they can. I know there's a guy on the sideline rubbing it up with the same wet towel over and over and over again. I saw that, I think, two or three times they showed that shot. But that does no good for the ball. What you're doing is rubbing the water right into the ball. <laughs> he just sat there with the wet towel, holding the ball in another towel, which was probably wet, 
and he's rubbing the top of the ball with this wet towel, and it's doing no good whatsoever. So anyway, enough on that. Uh, that contributes. But those are the main points. Um, the observations I made, I think, are pretty universal. Most coaches would say, yeah, Kyle's probably overthinking things. He's known to do that. Um, he did that in the Super Bowl against uh, New England that year. And uh, I think he did it a little bit in the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl as well, but I think the officials really lended themselves to that as well. They didn't call a lot of penalties. And they're not calling them this year either, and that's the holding against our D linemen. Bosa, I'm sorry, but Bosa is the best D lineman right now in the NFL as far as I'm concerned. And that guy is free on every single play. He, you cannot block him with one guy. Even even Trent Williams in practice says he can't. This year he's even better. He says he does he doesn't he can't hang with him one on one. He's got to have help. So, um, I mean it is what it is. But the officials are not calling the holding on him. I've seen guys draped around his neck, holding the edge of his helmet on plays. I mean, what is that official standing back there for? Isn't he supposed to have a flag and use it? He should be calling certain certain things. He's got the left half or his half of the offensive line. He's back there for a reason. It's to help the uh, referee catch the penalties. Because penalties, you know, it's a it's a betting league, so you know penalties will affect the outcome of games or the scoring of games and so forth. So all that stuff bears consideration but I think if we take care of ourselves we stick to our script run the ball we're going to be all right I think we could still pull out games even if we do get some penalties I think we can still win games and uh, going forward that's what I anticipate that we will do now upcoming game now with all that aside is the Chicago Bears in Chicago the Bears got a rookie quarterback they're already talking about firing their head coach um, I mean, Gage is, he, he's been, uh, struggling there for a few years. So, and their problem has been the quarterback position. Now they've got the guy they want rookie, but you know, they've got to simplify things for him so he can succeed. So when teams do extra things like send blitzes and, you know, disguise coverages and that kind of thing as a rookie he's going to struggle he's going to throw picks and he's going to get sacked okay that's just going to happen so we got to take advantage of that in this game we our defense has to take advantage of that and uh that means we got to do some more blitzing we got to do some more you know if our if they're going to hold our d lineman then doggone it our linebackers got a blitz or we got to bring that safety down or something okay we got to get there. The other thing is, uh, we got to stop being these silent leaders on the field. I mentioned it before. Um, I want to see Fred, man. I want to see him rattle some cages. I want to see that dude fired up every game. And I want to see him getting people together. And I mean, yelling at them, not just, hey, come on, fellas. You know, let's, let's, let's lock it down. Let's go. No, you need to be in their face. Okay. Because some of these guys, I'm telling you, they're slacking. And they're taking plays off, and it's hurting the team. So I'm not going to call any single guys out because I've seen it on every play. 
and I've seen it on both sides of the ball. I've seen our offensive guys, both receivers, tight ends, um, our all line. You know, they're taking plays off. Running backs. I mean, in that Cardinals game, uh, our running back motions were all half-assed, and the radio announcer made notice of it. Tim Ryan. I was listening to the 49ers podcast version on the radio, KMBR, and uh, he was making note of the running back's got to put more into that motion, man. He's jogging out there like he's not involved in the play, and he's not involved in the play. (laughs) So the defense wasn't even accounting for him. So what good does it do to motion the running back out there if he's not going to go all out like, hey, I'm getting the ball, man. I'm going to bust my butt and get there. That would make the defense think, hey, this guy might be getting the ball. We better shift our defense or make some changes. So I want to see more of that. Uh, players just got to put in that effort, man. So I've seen that. I've seen some other things. Like I said, DB coach got to be accountable. Um, D coordinator got to be accountable. Okay. Change up the leadership. You got captains for a reason. I think sometimes we give captains to guys that aren't necessarily showing the leadership. They're just in positions of leadership and that don't really cut it. You got to have guys that are Focal that are going to say, look, and pull guys together and say, this is what we need to do, and then lead by example while you do it. You don't just lead by example or not lead by example and then not say anything. You got to be you got to be pumped up to play play this game. You can't do it quiet, okay? So guys like Jimmy Ward, free safety. Want to see that guy? You know. Lose his head a few times out there, man. Get mad. Yell at people. Especially those guys committing the fouls. Tell them to get their head out of their butt and start playing ball. They're better than that. So that's where I think the problems are going forward. I think the Bears, we should be able to beat the Bears this week again. I thought the same thing with the Colts. But we're going to have to run the ball and play action pass. Both strengths of our offense and Jimmy should be able to do that without taking ch- unnecessary chances with the ball. He threw two picks again. One was a slippery ball. It f- slipped out of his hand as he was throwing it. So they did show the replay on that. So it wasn't like he threw it to the wrong guy. It's just the weather conditions on that. And, of course, you saw the same thing happen to Wentz on the one that Al Shair got. So they called it a fumble, but technically he was trying to throw that ball. So, uh, I'm, you know, again, I'm going to say 30, 30, at least 30 runs in this game against the Bears. And uh, let's go play action pass off of that. Let's run a longer script. Let's, think, let's maybe go 20 or 25 plays on the script instead of only 12 or 15. I think that works better for our team. I think our guys would be more comfortable. And uh, it's already Wednesday, so they're into the game plan now. Kyle's not going to get any notion or indication of this podcast at all, I imagine. But, you know, the reporters, I mean, you guys are, you know, David Lombardi is a good one. Matt Miyoko, I mean, those guys got to tell them in, in, their, in their either interviews or because, you know, every week, uh, and Papa too, Greg Papa, I mean, he has to do, hey, it's been suggested that this here or that there, you know, I mean, whatever, you know, just get the bug in their ear and move things along. It's up to the coach and, and, you know, if he wants to 
implement things and do things. Um, and he may already be thinking about this anyway. I mean, he's not a he's a very smart coach. So I anticipate there may be also there may be other reasons why he does what he does that we're not thinking of. But in my experience, that's usually what happens. You overthink things and you make adjustments too early and you take yourself right out of your your momentum of the game. So get back to it. Run that rock. Let's go. 49ers this week. Beat the Bears. Dub Bears, come on. Bears aren't good enough to beat us. We got to beat them. We should take this game by at least two two scores, if not more. So I'm going to see us do that. And uh, I want to see the 49ers come away with this win and be ready to host the Cardinals coming up with George Kittle back and a full loaded gun offense ready to beat the Cardinals too. So take care of business this week. Beat the Bears. Let's go 49ers. Thanks for tuning in to the Coach's Viewpoint. This is Coach Tim. And uh, I'm going to be signing out now. But remember to leave those messages. You can find me on SoundCloud and Apple. I think I'm on Apple now too. SoundCloud is the main one. Just look up Coach's Viewpoint and you've got my email address is winningfootball2005 at gmail.com. You can find me that way as well. So have a good day and uh, let's go. 49ers beat the Bears.